Greetings, ladies and metalgents, and welcome to this latest rendition of Tales from Outer Space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And as always, I hope that you enjoy, and if you do, please consider supporting the channel. Now, on to the science fiction. Story number one. The History of Fae and Humans, written by Doth Hath Depression. Interactions between Fae, or what we know as fairies and occasionally Fae, have dated back to roughly before Celtic eras. Contrary to superstition, they are biologically similar to humans in terms of size, appearance, and internal organs, with the only noticeable difference being a set of insect-like wings and somewhat pointed ears. Their culture is comparable to that of medieval Europe with the invention of powered machinery relying on magic-based energy as well as magical infusion, resulting in it being comparatively underdeveloped next to human technology at that same stage of cultural progress. Gunpowder has not yet been discovered, and medicine is also incredibly reliant on magic but still finds basic infections and plague a challenge. One notable element of their culture, however, is the divide between magic users and non-magic users and the resulting class-based division created by it. Magic users are typically favored and treated as superiors to those who lack said ability, with a majority of non-magic users being drafted into manual labor, military, services, agricultural positions, and more often than not, slavery. For those gifted in magic, such positions aren't unheard of, but in the event that they are, they will still typically be held in a higher regard. Magic users are instead more commonly found in a variety of jobs or related to the type of magic that they specialize in, and can expect to be treated much better than their less gifted counterparts. Interactions with the human world have mostly been entirely the same through history, for the purposes of conquest, their typical strategy included skilled magic users opening a passage to our realm, changing their shape to disguise themselves as something more similar to our interpretation of fairies, small, flying creatures bent on mischief. This was for the purpose of recon, sabotage, and spying, leading to our extensive mythology on them. The next stage was to send forward the fey armies to lay siege to the Han settlements. The problem with this plan was the human banishment rituals, which could seal the fair way for any amount of years before the effect wore off and another gate could be opened. In the event that the humans were able to complete it, their fay would cast one final spell to ensure the humans could not prepare for the next return, a mass spell of amnesia. By the time the portal opened once more, they could easily act against what would have caused their defeat the last time. This tactic proved to be ineffective, as humanity's general low magic content would lead them to focus more on technology, leading to a continuous technological superiority over their forces. The most recent interaction with the Fey portal opening in Wales resulted in the ransacking of multiple villages and the capture of civilians for the purpose of slaves before the British army was mobilized to deal with the situation, 
which was so swift and efficient that the other side of the portal was secured and a base established, and multiple counterattacks repelled. Before long, a decision on what the nature of this relationship with this new continent would be, full-scale colonization for the purpose of utilizing the land as a nuclear bunker for Britain's population in the event that the Cold War turned hot. Its resources seized for the war effort and the other technologies put into military use. Britain will expand the empire and the commonwealth once again. End of story. Story number two, what we leave behind, written by Lustful. Zartok sat at the greasy diner table, watching as human youths walked past in the street. He couldn't help but chuckle at how they were all talking and joking around. Across from him sat Nicole, working on eating some fruit. It was the first time either had visited Earth. They were fulfilling a promise to an old friend. They really are a social lot, aren't they? Nicole commented between chomps on a juicy red fruit with a stiff consistency called watermelon. Exceptionally so... Zartox muttered as the waitress surprised him yet again, refilling his glass. He never managed to get it even half empty before the smiling waitress showed up again. She always seemed happy and wanted to make sure that they were doing well. We didn't understand him at all, did we? We thought he was crazy. Nicole continued. His eyes had that haunted look of remorse in them. They were talking about Terry Butcher, their squadmate and friend. I fear we didn't, but the longer I sit here, the more I can see he wasn't the exception we thought. Look around, they're all talking, or on their communicators. He was reflecting on the human's aggressively social nature. Zartox had always thought of Terry as needy before. He needed friends, people to talk to, and share his misadventures with. You remember how he got the whole squad in trouble for sneaking in contraband? Nakal continued, shaking his head. He didn't even sneak in something any of us could consume. It was some coarse fuel these crazy humans enjoy. Squad leader made us all pay for that one. We should have sent the hive a case when the war started. Zartox couldn't help but give a light chuckle and a smile. The idea of the bugs drinking human whiskey appealed to him. They had been in their first skirmish and lost several squad members. Terry had insisted that he knew how to send them off and how to make everyone feel better. An Irish wake. He had snuck in quite a few bottles of the finest Irish whiskey that he could get. Of course, only Terry had even been able to drink it. Zartox looked down to realize he was holding the metal coin Terry had insisted on giving everyone in the squad. It was time to pay for the meal. He knew that he would get the tab, but decided to use it anyway. Flipping the coin onto the table, he looked Nakal straight in the eyes with a smile. I challenge for lunch. Nakal gave a sad smile as he pulled his own out and placed it on the table. One side of the coin had every member of the squad the other the squad's logo. Well, at least the one Terry had given them. You'll get me next time, Nicole said. Neither reached for the coins for a long time. You know, those meant a lot to him when he gave them to us. None of us understood it, did we? 
Zartox looked up and could see his friend's grief. He reached over and put his hand on his friend's shoulder. Remember how he had a collection of them and how proudly he displayed them. Nakal looked up and smiled at the fond memory. Yeah, guess he made many families with all those units. He never went anywhere without one. He loved his challenge coins. He remembered the rowdy Terry bragging about how he got each of them. The stories were always insane, yet were the human believable. Zartox found his hand on the box next to him again. He still remembered how he'd scoffed the first time he'd seen a human. They looked deceptively harmless, but all around him he knew were some of the most dangerous species that he had ever met. And they were all chatting, smiling, and being social. I am glad we agreed to his last wish. These coins were his life. I can remember the one he talked to every night. You ever overhear that? Zantar said wistfully. He realized that the loss of Terry hurt more than that of any of his actual broodmates. Yeah, I did. Was his first squad's coin. He was the lone survivor of their early battles against the Hive. Nikal said painfully. His face showed the same pain as he looked towards the box as well. They were the last two members of their squad alive, and they were only alive because of Terry. He was a hell of a fighter, tough as a tank too, Zartox muttered, fingering his coin about the table. The mangled body of the humans in the mud as they approached. A grenade had landed near them, and the crazy human had tossed himself atop it. It was the only reason Zartox and Nakal had survived. Hey, Zartox, how is the back holding up? Nakal asked. I'm good, all things considered, he replied. Looking at Nakal's prosthesis, both had been medically released due to those injuries. I've served a long time and seen too many friends die. I must say, I've never seen anything like a human dying, though. Every other species in the galaxy is gone when their body fails. Humans even seem to fight death. Zartox was trying to hold back from keening his grief as he remembered. It had taken almost ten minutes for Terry to die for the injuries that he received. Zartox found that he couldn't stop talking. You know, I thought the tough bastard had survived at first. I called out to him and he replied, You okay? Zartex found himself at a loss for words. He looked out the window at the youths playing again. Nicole, some nights I can still see Terry's mangled body lying in the mud, his body arm erect, with one arm gone and entrails were torn free. I sat with him for almost ten minutes. His injury should have killed him instantly, but he still had to fight. They are a beautiful type of crazy. His words trailed off. Nikal seemed as lost in thought too as he picked up his challenge coin, looking at the list of names. His eyes were getting misty. He knew his friend would get morose if he didn't do something, so Zartox interrupted. It's time, Nikal. We have a promise to keep. Zartox pocketed his challenge coin and handed Nicole the box as he went up to pay the bill. Ma'am, may I get our check? We got an appointment to keep. 
You're Terry Butcher's friends, aren't you? She said, catching Zartox off guard. Uh, yes, ma'am. How did you know? He stammered. That coin. When Terry got into the United Military, he was so proud that he had them made. He showed his coin off to anyone who would look in the small town. We all felt his loss. We don't see many Zenos here, but your money is no good here. We got it, the waitress said with a sad smile. Terry's service had happened a month prior. They couldn't make it due to their own issues, but that box that they swore would get to Terry's father. As Zartox and Nicole headed for the butcher household, Nicole couldn't help but shake his head. Damn humans are crazy, you know. We have traveled across the entire galaxy to give his father a box of coins that couldn't even buy a coffee. It would have been funny, was it not, for the sad circumstances. Zartox gave a snort. Just remember, we both have a bit of that craziness in our own pocket. Even if it could buy a coffee, I don't think I would give it up. Too many memories tied to this worthless damned coin. Besides, it helps decide which of us pays. He smirked as he said the last bit. The entire squad had wondered about Terry's obsession with his coins, the same in the box that he now carried. He understood it now. He had promised Terry that he would get them to his dad. And now, with the weight of his own coin in his pocket, Zartox felt the weight of the burden he carried. As they got in their conveyance to head to the butcher household, Zartox found himself whispering to his coin, We will make you proud, Terry. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed, and if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment, just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one, and until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.